Welcome to CISO's Insiders Podcast, powered by GRC Consulting. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing leading CISOs and security leaders in the industry for light, eye-level conversations. Here, they share advice and tips, talk about their biggest accomplishments and failures, favorite drinks, key influencers, and much more. We encourage you to walk away with at least one insight that will help you better yourself or your business. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content, please check us out on social media. Welcome, everybody. Today I'm speaking with Jeremy Peaks. Uh, Jeremy is the current head of information security, or uh, I'm sorry, head of security engineering over at uh, Erode, uh, a company based out of New Zealand. And uh, looking at your bio, Jeremy, I see that you kind of grew from, you know, the development um, scene. Uh, you held a few positions as a group leader, a software development manager. I know you founded a company at one point. Maybe you could, uh, you know, introduce yourself and provide some uh, additional context to this conversation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And hi, Ben. Yeah. So, I've been in the industry, I guess, for a bit over 20 years now. Um, yeah, as you say, I started off with my interest in um, software engineering. So, yeah, I was um, kind of got into into the world through um, software development and various different languages around there, but always had an interest in cybersecurity um, and then into various leadership roles and that kind of thing. and. Yeah, and eventually led into full-time security positions. Okay, uh, thank you for that. And, you know, we'll definitely want to touch more about that transition from uh, Mm. the development space into the cybersecurity, because I find that uh, always interesting because it's not your common uh, route, I would say. Uh, so definitely would want to touch more about that going forward. Uh, before we get started, uh, you know, I just wanted to mention here for you, for your sake and for our listeners' sake, that, you know, the, this podcast is mostly, uh, will be focused about you, your, your journey, not specifically the role that you occupy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. and the intent is really to, you know, share information and potentially educate our listeners out there. Uh, and with that, I always like to start off with a couple of icebreaker questions here. Uh, if you're willing to share your marital status and favorite drink, that would be excellent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I've been married for uh, about 12 years now. Um, my wife is also in the tech industry, actually. She's a, a QA chapter lead for a bank. So we, um, we have some interesting topic of conversations over dinner and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, she's also really interested in security, so so we quite often talk about that kind of thing. Uh, got got a couple of kids. Um, one, uh, my son, age age ten, my daughter's age five, um, and my favourite drink would be whiskey, Ma- mainly scotch. Um, but I'm kind of experimenting into all kinds of other interesting, weird, and wonderful ones. Okay, thank you. For that, then I'm hoping you're not boring your kids too much uh, at dinner time when uh, talks about cybersecurity and the tech industry. Um, you know, I know from for us, they mostly talk about Minecraft and uh, things of that nature right now. Yeah, well, I mean, my son bores us enough with his conversations about gaming, so we can get our own back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> gaming, YouTubers, famous YouTubers and whatnot, same here. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, thank you. You know, looking, uh, let's dive right in. Looking back at your career, what's the one thing you wish you'd known before you began it? Yeah, probably that there was actually a full-time role in cybersecurity, uh, but it didn't really kind of occur to me right in the beginning. So I graduated in 2001. Um, and of course, there were security roles around, but it, it just wasn't really talked about in the circles I was in. And the, the universities, particularly at, at the time, but I think it's even still happening, really, were really pushing things like um, going into programming, software development, that, that kind of thing. So I think I have a little bit of a regret that I didn't start straight out in full-time cybersecurity, but but I think also it has given me really, really good insights and experience by going through the software development journey. I understand how software is built, what the teams go through, how security holes kind of work their way into the software, how hard it is to patch them and, and that kind of stuff. So it is really good having that background, but but, but yeah, kind of mixed feelings about it, I guess. Well, well one interesting thing about that, the, um, at E-Road, we, every year we take some interns in from universities, which is a really, really good program. I quite enjoy it. And we always get one into my team as well. And one of the things I'm always interested in asking, because um, we do like a, a round of interns interviews when, when they come to us, I'm always interested in asking them, um, what kind of things that are talked about at university, what sort of roles people are interested in taking and that kind of thing. And it's still, at, at least in New Zealand, I don't know what it's like over there, but um, still even now, universities are massively pushing software development for the tech industry, not really pushing all the other raft of roles there are from like cybersecurity, QA, product management. But there's so many things people can do, but that's the one that's most often talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, th thank you for that. And you know, I, I wanted to to dive in a bit deeper into that, if that's okay. So you mentioned, uh, you know, you wish you, you, I mean, you had mixed feeling, obviously, as you said, but, uh, you know, maybe start off uh, at cybersecurity uh, from the beginning might have been better. But you know, can you name a couple things yet that you think are invaluable in terms of uh things you've learned or to, things you've experienced as, you know, in the development space that really contributed to you and your career in cybersecurity? Yeah, yeah, I, I think definitely an understanding of, of how the practices work and the people involved. Like there's um, some very unique people that, that work in the industry and, and I've automatically got this connection with them because of the past that I've got that, that I don't think I would have had before. And just an understanding of um, of coding. Like I've, I've actually been doing it for a very long time, um, like even, even before starting commercially. So, yeah, I, I, I think definitely huge, hugely valuable experience. Like I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't actually change it. But it's, I guess it's kind of, yeah, like, like I said, mixed feelings, a little bit of regret, but not too much. Okay. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, we might touch more on that uh, going forward. But, you know, talking about that, what will, what do you perceive as your biggest failure? Yeah, probably um, assuming that everyone cares as much about cybersecurity as, as I do. I'm, I'm sure lots of people have run into that. Um, and it's it's kind of a learning thing that it's it's a passion of mine and 
I have made the mistake definitely of assuming that it's um, something that that runs through everyone's minds, but it's it's actually not, and it's still not. And and even though it's becoming um, more and more prevalent now, um, then the attacks are just getting ever more complex, ever more um, uh, more of them. Um, however, people are still not really uh, a lot of people are still not considering um, security and everything that they're doing, and and it's sad. So that's that's probably one learning that it's it's something you need to constantly reinforce and explain to people why um, why this is a big deal. Yeah, and uh, you know you're uh, we talking about the uh, education of, of people about cybersecurity. In my experience, uh, you know, um, it's either they you know someone forces you to do something, or something happens, something mm -hmm. bad happens, and then you. You, you realize that you should have done something better. Uh, so, and yeah, it's always, it's a constant tension between, you know, what you have and what you want to have as uh, like as uh, the head of information security. Uh, what would you say your biggest accomplishment was though? Uh, probably setting up cybersecurity practices at a couple of different companies now. So I, I, I actually really enjoy things like, um, probably unusual in this but I, I quite like setting up new processes and practices and that kind of thing and um and really just getting things of people together and setting things up from nothing I, I quite enjoy that sort of thing um so yeah like just things like setting up the practice getting the awareness out there um uh, doing pilot groups with particular teams to get to get things working taking a risk-based approach to to security because you can't do everything in one go that, that, that sort of thing yeah and i think i've i saw that you at one point you were a founder of a company and i think there are these are traits that are uh you know interchangeable um, and like transferable skills and uh, in my interviews with you know a bunch of uh CISOs in the industry I've, I've noticed that there are a lot of uh, like common traits between founders and CISOs in, you know, not, not between all CISOs, obviously, but with some, like, and what you just mentioned, the building of processes and setting up new processes, new procedures, and, you know, basically building a system and watching it grows and, and, and work. Uh, that's definitely something that, you know, as a, as a founder and as an entrepreneur, you can definitely relate to the joy of in that um so yeah I, I i imagine it wasn't the coincidence that at some point you founded a company then yeah true although um i i, I have to say it um it sounds more more grandiose than it really was um so it, it, it was more um a business that i was setting up around uh, an idea i had on setting up um secure communication suite um and I started down the journey, but um, all kinds of life distractions got in the way. It never really made it very far. So, yeah, I, yes, it's true. I created a company, but there really wasn't much to it, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, you know, as they say in that movie of, uh, I believe he was one of your countrymen, uh, Never Say Never. Uh, but any in, in any case, uh, sure. Let's, um, I wanted to dive in just a bit more, you know, given your background in development, what actually got you interested in cybersecurity? Yeah, so 
I've, I've been interested in computing from a really young age, actually. Uh, so like really early on, like I think I was about eight years old, I started experimenting with um, with computers. My parents got hold of a, um, a secondhand ZX81. Um, and I started doing some coding on that, which I really enjoyed. Like it wasn't really good for gaming or anything like that. So it was more just kind of tweaking and figuring things out. And at the time, um, my, one of my sisters was really into tennis. She was very good at playing tennis. So I, I used to have to get dragged out to, to watch her play in different tennis tournaments and, and that kind of stuff. And while I was getting thoroughly bored, I'd be with my notepad just writing out code on paper, which I'd then go back home and, and start typing it on, on a computer. So that, that, that kind of started me on my computing journey. But um, I think it wasn't until secondary school um, I think I was uh, maybe 14, 15 at the time that, um, that I really kind of figured out more around the security side of things and, and really got fascinated in it. So we, um, we had a small network of computers at, at the school. Um, they were running Win, uh, Windows 3.11 for work groups. And it was really locked down. I remember you, you couldn't do much in it. Um, but I was determined to try to figure out a way around those controls. Um, and I, what I discovered was um, there was a thing called Microsoft Object Packager. I don't think it exists anymore. But, um, but the idea of it was that you could um, embed any kind of application objects in another application. And so what I figured out was in Object Packager, uh, you could type in a command line, which um, for me, I, I put in file manager, and then you can embed that in Microsoft Writes, and then it would give you this little icon, you could double click it, and then you could open file manager, and then you could do whatever you wanted. So I started um, playing games on, on the school computers, and I taught one of my friends how to do it. And I, I just remember at the time, the feeling of just being able to do something that no one else knew how to do, no one else had an, any idea about it. And we just bypassed some control. Like we never did anything dodgy. It was literally just playing a game on the computer. But it was it was fun, and it really kind of got me interested. I think in in how security works at that point, or didn't well, work. Great, that's a cool, nice story here. Um, and you know, uh, and and the, that transition that you've made from the development space uh, into cybersecurity. Uh, if there are any, and I, I'm sure there are many, you know, developers or software developers out there that want to make the transition. And I've actually spoken to a few that were very interested in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And they all ask me the same question, like, what do I do next? Like, how do I get into cybersecurity? How, how does that transition look like? Any advice you can give out uh, around that? Yeah, um, first of all, follow your passion. Um, I think, yeah, but life is too short to do things that you don't enjoy. So yes, I, I thought I enjoyed coding. Um, I still do to some extent, but it, but I realized it wasn't my passion. Um, so yeah, follow your passion. If, if, if security is something that you think is going to grab you, then follow that and, and, and really be prepared to embrace it. Um, be prepared to learn continuously because it is a continuous learning thing and own your journey. No, no one's going to do it for you. You've, you've, you've got to take that leap yourself and really push yourself. And I, I think for me, it was things like um, uh, try hack me and hack the box um, kind of got me into sort of understanding the, 
offensive security side of things and try me has some things around defensive as well um just kind of going through things like that to sort of upskill yourself a, a, a little bit um yeah that, that, that kind of thing i guess okay uh and do, do you have any specific uh, thoughts or feelings about uh where the CISO should be positioned uh, in an organization. Uh, I, I mean, we both know that in, a, in many organizations, the CISO is part of the IT organization. And obviously mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, might create some uh, clashes in some cases. And I know there are two schools of thoughts around that. Uh, one claims that the CISO is best positioned within the IT organizations and other, you know, the, the other school of thought uh, argues uh, that the CISO should be outside the IT organization. Any thoughts, any feelings about that? Yeah, so first of all, I, I, I took a different approach um, at E-Road. So I, I actually got my my job created. It was me that suggested it, um, that, that we set up this team at our company. And I very specifically isolated it from IT. Um, that is mainly because the kind of organization I work for is um, a development an engineering company so we are developing things so that it probably depends on what kind of company that you work for but i felt it was really important that we focused on the security of what we are producing um, and hosting and providing to our customers and not focusing too much on on things like it um so we've got an it department the head of it focuses on security for our it side of things um, I am completely involved in everything that we develop and host and provide to our customers. And, and I think that separation is really useful. Um, however, I, I guess, yeah, if you, if you are part of IT, you're going to get a deeper awareness, which is obviously going to be valuable. Knowledge is always power. Um, and I guess as well, if you're part of IT, you've probably got more influence on, um, on decisions as well. Um, but, but, but yeah, I just feel like it obviously could be a distraction. Yeah, uh, thank you for that. And, you know, while making this transition from the development space into cybersecurity, although I see that you still have, you know, um, a lot of involvement in the in the development space as well, um, what, what did you do to educate yourself? Like, how did you learn the, the trades of the... The, the trade mm. yeah pro probably a huge number of things actually um one is podcasts so i'm, I'm a big fan of podcasts um but both my wife and i own a pair of airpods each and you'll actually see us walking around the house as we're doing jobs around the house and that kind of thing just listening to podcasts as we're doing things is a great, great way of um learning things there um things like LinkedIn, um, look at joining security groups there and just seeing what kind of news comes up, making sure you're reading things all the time. I've got a security news app on my phone as well, which is specifically just um, cybersecurity news. Um, using your eyes and your ears, <laughs> just ma ma making sure that you are actually aware of what's going on around you. Um, and really picking up on the little things. And, and it's interesting as uh, the more you listen to podcasts and hearing other people talk about their journeys and the kind of things that they discover, the more things that you actually notice yourself just, just generally. Um, 
there's, there's always this weird thing where um, you, you know where you hear someone say something once you'd never heard of that thing before and then all of a sudden you're hearing it all the time yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like that that kind of thing um I, I think yeah just um also things that i talked about before i'm i'm a big fan of um hack the box I, I i use i still use it regularly um i did oscp last year as well as kind of um upskilling and getting aware of what kind of attacks can be done so that i can understand risks better and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so c- correct me if i'm wrong you're more uh into on the job and hands-on training rather than like formal training certifications and things of that nature correct uh well i mean osp is a formal certification but um yeah i i I think yeah you 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 need both like the um having the formal certifications on your cv is obviously going to help get you jobs Mm -hmm. but um but you, you've got to do hands-on continuous learning, I think. Yeah, yeah. So between the two, what would you say, like, um, more emphasis on the hands-on portion, though? Or I'm just trying to understand, like, you know, what's your school of thought? There's no judgment here. I'm just trying to learn. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for me, more on hands-on. Okay. The, um, I, I, I think education has its place, but... Um, that self-continuous learning, I, I think, is more valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, is there one mi- common myth about this profession that you wanted to address and debunk? Uh, yes, I, I, I talked about hacking, I guess. Um, one, one thing is the role is not all about hacking. Uh, it's not even all about security monitoring. As, um, or at least it shouldn't be. I, I, I think there's um, there's a movement, um, the shift left movement, and it is a really overused term, um, but I think it's underused properly. So whenever I, or most of the time I hear people talk about uh, shift left security, they usually harp on about um, scanning um, code and uh, static code analysis and that kind of thing. But to me, that's that's not shifting left. Um, or it's shifting left a bit, but it's not enough. Um, I, I think something that that we need to get more and more involved in, um, particularly in in my side of things when when we're dealing with applications, um, is actually getting involved at design time. You, you've got to be doing threat modeling and actually getting there right up front with the architects as they're designing software and figuring out what things could go wrong. Before before it's even happened, before anyone started coding anything, that's the cheapest time that you can um, you can solve a problem. Mm-hmm. 